There you go. Hi, Paul. Richard, how are you? I'm doing well. I want to play a little game. Do you like games? This is the beginning of a horror movie. Yes, I like games. I'm going to name a country, and you tell me the first thing that comes to mind. Oh, great. This can never be problematic and can only work out in my interest. Go ahead. Try to be uh, topical. Like, think what you heard about this country recently, even in the last few years. Okay. Iran. Uh, Sanctions, civil unrest, youth protest. Algeria. Not a lot, frankly. Um, I just Mm. probably, uh, I think of it more like in terms of France and Parisian unrest and stuff Mm. like that. Afghanistan. Uh, Rights of women being severely abrogated, U.S. pullout, long-term rise of Taliban and collapsed state. Okay. So those all make sense. I'll stop there for a second. Let me tell you what's happening in these countries right now. Okay. I'm ready. In Iran, Iran, because of sanctions, so you're kind of in the the ballpark, decided to be self-sufficient. And so they routed all their water to farming. And now they're suffering through a massive heat wave, like multi month and a massive water drought, such that people in rural towns and cities and and less populated areas are fleeing because there's no water. They're migrating climate change. They're migrating away from these from drought. Exactly. Okay. In so Algeria, it, so it sounds like you're saying, by the way, that that is a mix of both social policy failure and climate change. Yeah, but it also absolutely record breaking. Like the asphalt at the airport in Tehran airport was melting. Sure. Algeria is suffering through massive wildfires. Massive. Like where it, Greece has been in the news a lot lately because of its wildfires. But you have to understand the infrastructure and the capabilities of an Algeria to even deal with wildfires. And they're suffering through massive wildfires because of drought and dry weather and no rain and just extreme weather conditions. Afghanistan is itself, again, people can talk about, you know, rights of women and just the the, the regime and how repressive it is, which is all true, frankly. But you have to also keep in mind that they're utterly incapable of dealing with what is coming at them from a climate perspective. So they're suffering through massive droughts. Essentially, livestock is dying left and right, which is, you don't go to the supermarket in Afghanistan. You just raise the goats. That's, right? not, that's an enormous amount of your wealth, right? Like you can't, you can't exactly. lose your sheep. Exactly. And I, two things come to mind when I, by the way, how do I know all this? Am I going and searching on like Algeria news on Google News? No, there are better sources of information in the world. I just got exhausted with like polarizing shout at me news sources, right? Or, or lecture at me. You're either getting yelled at or you're getting lectured to in the news. And I just saw it other places. You know, I don't read The Economist because it, it's enormous amounts of pressure to read The Economist on a weekly basis. Oh, it piles up. It makes the New Yorker pile. Like there's the New Yorker yeah. pile. But the New Yorker yeah. pile, you're like, well, at least there'll be, there'll be cartoons in there. I can take, that's a, it's, it, <laughs> The worst thing in the world is the economist in the bathroom. New Yorker in the bathroom, you're like, okay, but economist. <laughs> well, 
Economists yeah, exactly. in the like, oh, I wonder what Bagahot has to say. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, the New Yorker is almost designed for you to cherry pick articles that you think you want, you're in the mood for. The Whereas New Yorker, the Economist, it's yeah. like, sit down and don't say a word. Deep down, <laughs> the New Yorker knows it is an entertainment product. Yeah. Whereas the Economist is literally like, a guide for colonial it's like colonialism's updated brochure yeah. on a regular yeah, yeah. rate like hey guys you know i know we used to have that country you might want to know what's going on in there because you probably have some business interests like there are absolutely people who read the economist who are essentially running chunks of the dutch east india company but it doesn't have that <laughs> name anymore right so, um so it's for them it's for them yeah so the economist is is, is frankly it's just there's an asia section and then there's a Middle East section, and then there's a Central America. Like they just go down yeah. the list, and they have to report on it, right? Yeah, it's and, literally like a list of old girlfriends. I wonder how they're doing. That's, <laughs> that's yeah, I mean, and, and you know, I watch Al Jazeera. I often like rope you into watching Al Jazeera, like during lunch. So look, I we work like, together in the same location. Yeah, and, we stop when we are solo in the office, and it. it that will often be our lunchtime viewing. It'll, we'll watch like some dumb video on YouTube and then you'll just sort of slide on over and it'll be like, it's always a very British accent, even though it's coming out of Qatar and it'll be like news from the Algerian oil fields or the, yeah, you know, exactly. a lot exactly. of, a lot of oil in Al Jazeera. So let, let's break it down. Cause not everybody knows this. So uh, Al Jazeera is very much like BBC world news. It's like a, a very yeah. buttoned up news, 24 hour news network. It is produced by the state of Qatar, which is like, a real kind of old school Arab. That's the asterisk, right? I mean, you're not going to get any Qatar news except, hey, Qatar donated millions of dollars to some cause. There's our, no Qatar news on Al Jazeera. Yeah. Our system is the best. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. you know, they were very pro the World Cup, the way that all the World Cup stuff unfolded. Not a lot of coverage about, like, just the enormous amounts of money going to FIFA that made that happen, you know, that, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So you, you definitely are getting a, cer a certain bias. But yes, I agree with you. Uh, as an experienced consumer of, of media properties, it is actually, and it doesn't get a lot of due. America was very down on it starting around the Gulf War era. Like Rumsfeld came out against Al Jazeera and so on. Like yeah, it, yeah. it actually was seen as an enemy of the state for a minute. So there's mm. a little of that hovering around it. But mm -hmm. mostly what you have is news about socioeconomic situations with a bias to coverage that is not focused on the U.S. The U.S. is an influence. And, and actually, and then I think the last thing to say is like, it's an Arab property. So it, it, it favors Palestinian narratives over the official Israeli narrative, like things like exactly. that. I mean, but also it, it's extremely buttoned up in that we are going to report global news and it's going to be kind of boring. We're just going to tell you what the heck just happened, right? And so I've been watching it for a while. And what I'm noticing lately is that they are reporting on just pockets of instability. And frankly, the begin I feel like I'm looking into the future in a way. Oh, because well, this to, is this is to yeah. my point about Lebanon being a guide to understanding climate change, right? Because you see what happens when instability hits a country and you see how people react. It's not this like instant, oh my God, the world's ending. It's a, yeah, what, right. what, what frameworks and structures make you more resilient? So you're looking at Al Jazeera and you're seeing chaos. Uh, 
I have two sort of threads here that I want you to react to. One is, um, we're climate's about to shatter a lot of the dynamics, power dynamics in the world, because water is water. Um, and heat if, is heat. Yep. And heat is heat. And if people are dying in the streets of Tehran, no matter how much we think they're an evil empire, a, a, a reckoning is coming, right? It's going to become something that is going to, by force, frankly, like we're not going to have a choice in it, um, from a hopeful perspective, potentially align us as humans around what is coming. It's like an alien landed. You know, if an alien landed, like the giant ship landed in the middle of the Atlantic and green people came out, we would call Putin and say, hey, man, let's get on the same page with this one. Yeah, this is let, a problem. We got we to gotta really focus on this. That's we right. have nuclear weapons. You have nuclear weapons. This green guy just told us that the earth is his. So we're going to have to deal. So there is a common enemy here, right? Um, that is, the, the ship has sailed in terms of responsibility. Well, China's responsible, the U.S. That, that doesn't matter at this point because well, there's here, no water. Already you have just alienated a huge number of people who are sitting there going like, why do we need to, uh, wh why are those countries responsible when the main emitters um, are not seeing the same consequences? So there's people advocating for a huge distribution of wealth and responsibility around all this stuff. And so here's what, but let me react to your thing, which is um, the world tends not to care when the crisis hits. Like, like later there will be historical monographs and there will be Call, there might be trials at The Hague for, for Exxon CEOs like that. We might be headed towards all that. Who knows? But in the moment, everybody just needs to cool down, literally. Like it's, it's the, the, thing that, the thing that's happening, and this is very hard for humans because we, we came up in stability and essentially your ideology was the most important thing. What did I believe? Did I believe yeah. the right things? Yeah. Am I in alignment? And actually social media became about that. Like we got millions and billions of people saying like, I think I'm aligned with the right team over here. And sometimes that's mm. good and sometimes that's bad. Physics is not ideological. Like it doesn't matter doesn't matter what you believe it's hot it doesn't matter like so and that, that exactly. can be even if you believe and this is this has been a little something i've been reckoning with and i'll throw it back over to you i've been is like i believed in all the right things about climate change i gave money and did a lot of research i built a database product with some other people at our former agency to let people go you know probablefutures.org go look at it some of that code is mine that that, that shows you the maps and helps you understand the science of of climate change. So I'm very proud of that. And it means absolutely nothing at the mm. moment that I did that work. I don't get any credit because the sun is hot. The sun doesn't care what I think or that I believed. It doesn't matter. Well, here we you are now. Do you feel like the work you did kind of just isn't resonating or fell on deaf ears or is was kind of... Is it disheartening? Um, it was for a minute. I'll, I'll tell you, I'll just be real frank. I, it was all sort of tied in. I, I sort of backed off, got into learning about music and, and was kind of grieving my dad because I just couldn't process for a minute. The things that are happening this summer are pretty bad. They're actually a little bit outside of what was predicted. They're not completely outside of the prediction zone. It's just like, instead of being in the middle of the range of possibilities, we're on the, the you know, we're kind of down the bell curve a little bit. It's happening fast. Um, there is almost no evidence historically uh, or emotionally that humans will rise to the occasion. So 
uh, that is really bugging me, right? Because it's just like here it, we need everybody to do a lot better, and they're I mean, gonna. Uh, and you know what? You know what the tech industry does for me. I look at the. I look at everybody's obsessed about AI, and they're like, AI is either gonna fix the world, or it's gonna kill everybody. And they're excited <laughs> about fusion coming in, and so on and so forth. And it's like all of this is literally just turning away from the thing that's in front of them, right? The thing mm. that's in front of them is like actually all those. The, the fantasy around the abstractions, that the abstractions of technology are going to change everything about how humans interact and so yeah. on, that's been disproved over and over in the last 25 years as technology scaled to every human being, roughly who has a little bit of economic power, like literally, you know, what, four or five billion people are right. connected. And, and so, like, it's tough to see everybody doubling down on narratives where it's like, actually, guys, no, it's it is it is physics. Like it's physics. Physics is right here yeah. telling us that we actually need to change the roadmap on the product. Yeah. Uh the track record isn't great for humans. It's not great. And I and I think we are, you know, like I, we've talked about it before and we're building software that I think is good for small resilient groups. Like resilience has to be your focus because you can't count on the world to get it together. You can hope. Yeah. But and you can help, but you can't count on it. Yeah, I I I I think that's right. Um, I think I think that I I come at it from a slightly different angle, which is I I'm looking at the news and and seeing this sort of instability seep in, and I think I think you know if people can't survive, um, everything gets unstable. Like governments get unstable. Um, the world order gets unstable. So we can not care about Algeria and Afghanistan and Iran. But the point is, um, when you lose control, everybody gets affected, right? That's why we have bases around the world. That's why we have friends. We call them friends because they offset, you know, what we see as a threat. So we're buddies with Japan because we don't want, you know, we're buddies with South Korea because North Korea keeps yelling at us. Like there's all of that. There is a balance there's yeah. a balance of power. I don't think people well, that's, have... that's a critical word, right? Like that word it, it implies a sort of stable foundational order. You can't have balance without... If every variable on either side of the balance is changing. Not only changing, but changing in such drastic ways that it's not a matter of like, oh, wait, there was a coup or, oh, our ally lost an election. It's literally like an entire village is rushing the parliament, right? That's right. Uh, and that, that I think, is going to lead to more chaos, honestly. There's chaos from wildfires and heat and, you know, and whatnot and floods, but there's also chaos because humans, if, if the, if, they can't get the basics and the basics are under threat. They're not under threat in Europe. Like everybody talks about the fires in Greece because people, because frankly, Americans vacation in Greece. No, and there was great and compelling footage. And there was great, and there's, I'm sure there's great footage in Algeria, except nobody flew the camera over. No, there are no drones. There are no, <laughs> and there's nobody like on a, there's nobody on an island vacation who's trying to get their kids who are named Jeff and Jeff onto a boat. <laughs> well, I mean, look, I mean, Al Jazeera's there. That's how I know yeah, yeah. about it. That's why we're talking about it. And I think, I think, uh, this is, you know, we, we like to end these with advice. God, I have nothing. 
Well, let me let me ask you something because look, my job in, in in the relationship that we project out into the world, and sometimes inside the organizations that we build, I'm like the emotional interpreter, right? And so my emotional interpretation of a lot of this stuff, it's something I talk about. I'm I'm good at it, and so like I, you know, I, I'm like, here's what's been challenging for me. What's been challenging for me is as an American who grew up in personally unstable circumstances, but frankly had a a, a carpet of opportunity put in front of me once I got my act together. Mm-hmm. Okay, so like I've been able to live a hell of a life as someone who had to kind of put it together, but once I put it together, whoo, off to the races. I've had to learn what instability is. I've learned a lot from you. I've learned a lot from sure. watching Al Jazeera and a lot from listening to Democracy Now! and reading magazines and working at Harper's Magazine. Like there is a big world out there and uh, it is a freaking mess. Like, okay. Let me throw it back to you. You grew up in instability. You left an unstable country that was mm-hmm. at war and you were poor and your family was not westernized. And um, you ended up getting a lot of the carpet got put out for you, too. You had to get an education, which mm-hmm. our, our government did a very good job, I think, of providing you they the basics. paid for it. Yeah. I didn't fa- go to an Ivy League school. I, I was able to get loans for law school and and... and with no credit, by the way, because the loans were guaranteed by the government. So, yeah, I'm yeah. I'm very fortunate. So, but you absolutely, and I learned this wiring. This is a lot of the wiring that makes you very successful in business. And some of it is just you, and some of it is your your background, just like everybody. Um, you expect a level of instability in the world. You expect a certain amount of chaos. But you're like me. You got kids. You live in a house, and you like your life, and you're seeing this happen. You saw it happen at Lebanon, a place you're deeply connected to. You're seeing this happen in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where are you going with this? Because I get worried. I stay up at night and I worry. And then I go, I don't have control over a lot of it. I should talk about it. I should use my platform. We're doing that right now. Where's your head at? Um, I, I, I'm a little more optimistic. And I'm optimistic for two reasons. You know, the, the Lebanese, there's, you know, I'm Lebanese. And when we leave we seek higher ground. That's what we do. The diaspora is essentially like, okay, this is bananas. I just need to go to a place where I can get to a hospital if I need one and I can get a job and I can raise a family, right? Like, so we this seek is what, that. And there are, the people don't know this, like, because it's actually not everywhere. It's not, it's not a famous diaspora, like let's say the Irish or the or, or Jews, Jews around the yeah. world, right? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But the Lebanese are everywhere. And There's, it's funny until you know the Lebanese, you don't realize it because then they'll be like, "Shakira is half Lebanese." Like it's, <laughs> it does. <laughs> I mean, there's more country. Lebanese in Brazil than there are in Lebanon. Sure, just to give you an idea. Yeah, and 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 for us, we don't believe in the future too much, mm. and so we're always move in move in motion. We're always always angling, always constantly, and. When I is look this at the di- world, is that can we call that diaspora thinking? Is that like a kind of thinking that like that approach? Yeah, I'm 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 the new kid in school. Yeah, I I don't have a choice, right? I gotta survive. I th- everybody's looking at me funny. I'm new, um, and and uh, I gotta settle in. I might assimilate, but I probably won't entirely assimilate. Like I have, you know, my uncle's name is Faraj, but he call everyone calls him Frank, and I right. have a, another uncle named Hassan, and everybody calls him Gus. Right. So there's a little bit of assimilation, but believe me, if you talk to Frank for five minutes, you'll realize he's Lebanese. He's very Lebanese, right? So we we do just enough. As I look at the world, can the world uh, like 
can we find higher ground? I think the question right. that, 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 that is raised is can we? I was like, you know, and for me, it's like, yes, I think a lot of, let me be a little more optimistic about climate change. I think a lot of the assumptions that we made about where we can be and what we can do are going to change. Meaning the Mediterranean is going to boil like soup, right? <laughs> Deli- so, like a, yeah, but you get no, the, the pulpo. It's just delightful. You put a little spice it's in. Delicious. It's delicious. Oh, but, it's great. The, you know, the Mediterranean tourist economy, Italy, Greece, the south of France, Spain, is about to see massive change, right? Like it's it's billions upon billions of dollars in 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 business in revenue in in GDP that's going to just lop right off because people I was in Greece this year. You know, here's a real world story. I was in one of those islands. This is before the fires. I right, didn't see it, any of the fires. You went over to Lebanon and then you did a quick hop to Greece. Did a quick hop, quick, yep. quick hop to Greece. I was on one of those charming islands, like a lesser known one, not one of the big popular ones, where they have like, you know, stepping stone villages where there's shops and restaurants and whatnot. It's there for five days. During the day, it was completely empty. So hot. Completely empty. Just so hot. The restaurants were empty. At eight o'clock at night, it was bustling, right? But let me tell you. Whoever went to that vaca- went on that vacation is like, uh, I don't think I'm going to do that again. I'm not going to go sit in my hotel room for 12 hours and then go out for dinner. Like that's not why it, I came it, here. It, it is bad for the brand, right? You want to go to the beach. You want to have a delightful. Yeah. You want to have a delightful salad under a blue umbrella. That's coming now. What do people do? They seek other paths, right? Like, does that mean Denmark? Like Copenhagen is going to be do great possibly. I don't know. I don't know enough about climate change. I do know that the Mediterranean is in trouble. Does that mean people vacation elsewhere? Does that mean New York, you know, does that mean Florida is done for, but New York City and Montreal will thrive because they're not in the target? Um, I don't know enough. I don't know enough. What I do know is well, this, actually, though, Paul. To be clear, there are pr- there are predictive models to tell you about what might happen, but we're, we're kind of on, like, we're at the we're getting on the, the tail end of the curve. It's a little weird right now. There are very, very few. You can't count on it. You cannot point to one piece of land and say, I'm going to be okay. Yeah. And and I think the, the now I'm talking about, you know, first world societies that can pack up and move and go to Montreal. Well, now when, you have, you're going to have 2 billion people or however many pull that number out, who that actually, they is, need bread and they got to get somewhere with their kids. We haven't seen... I mean, it has been an explosive, um, frankly, it's probably one of the most prosperous stretches in human history over like over the last 150 years, right? After, well, after World War II in particular. Just after World War II in particular. Unbelievable expansion. Yep. I mean, what does, a, you know, what does your enemy do when there's massive famine in your country? What will, will the United States do if there is massive famine and unrest in Iran? What will they do? What will China do when their neighbor in India yeah. it'll be uninhabitable? What will they do? Will they be, will they be sympathetic? Uh, I'll tell you what I think well, they'll what, do. What, what will Pakistan do? What will Pakistan do? So that I think I look. Here's I'm what sad I sad about vacation not vacationing in the Mediterranean, but frankly, what I think about are those parts of the world where they simply don't have that adaptability. Let, let's be clear. That is the correct focus. So much climate stuff comes down to like, will my house be okay? And I get that. Like, that is a normal thing. Go research that. Find yeah. it out. You'll learn a lot, okay? Yeah. Like, mine's at more risk of flooding. Like, you, go figure that out. 
Right. Um, there's a website called Habitable. Go go look at it. it. Helps you where it helps you figure out where your you know what your risk is. Sure. Um, but then go to probablefutures.org, a thing that we we helped with, um, and you can actually see the global map. Let's 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 be uh, let's have a more modest goal for this podcast. Okay. Which and which is, uh, let's at least know about it. Everybody's we, like, oh my god, brush fires in Greece, like. The world, if you and and you have to seek these other sources of information out, and it's not as exciting, it's not as relatable because you were in Greece four years ago for your honeymoon. God bless, but this is really like the, the there isn't a knowledge today, and I think one of the most striking things that came out of the work with Probable Futures was he wasn't saying it's gonna you know the temperature is gonna go up thirty degrees. He's like you just need four degrees and you just have absolute chaos. Well, and I mean, that's what we're seeing. One point five degree global average is absolute chaos, and then like a hot summer is a result. Where instead of having ten days over a hundred degrees in Houston, you have two or three months. And now people don't want to live there anymore. Like, there's an article in the Wall Street Journal, noted leftist rag, about how people just want to leave, um, want to want to leave Houston. I have an idea. I'm gonna throw I'm gonna throw a curveball into this. Because this podcast, even though it is about relatively difficult subjects, does have a sponsor. <laughs> Tell I me. I can't, can't believe I'm doing this. You and I build a product called a board, and we've talked about it before. As and I, We're talking about it maybe as like software mm-hmm. to help small groups mm-hmm. be resilient. I've been thinking a lot about resilience, this very subject, because that's the way that I deal with all this information. I'm like, what do we need to do? And I think that resilience comes down to two things for me, critically. Knowledge and skills and health. If you can keep your, if you can make your body more resilient and you can get some knowledge and skills, especially to help others, you then can you're adapt. resilient you're yeah. bu- and you're building communities. You know, my people are going to show up in the, in the raft when it floods. Well, you need to get a raft too. Maybe like it's, it's stuff like that. Well, you got to be able to paddle the raft. So you better work your upper body. Like it's, it's actually really simple, fundamental stuff. So what I would like us to do, since we have a knowledge management and process definition tool designed for uh, sharing information, is to start to track some of these resources and ideas. It's a great idea. In a board. Let's do that. And then talk about what we're learning as we do it. This should, like, we're kind of refocusing the podcast very gently in real time, right? Like, because we want to react to and be relevant in the world. And this will be our tool for talking about, like, what's happening in the world. So we'll make that board. We'll share yeah. it. And and I think I think you know what's striking to me. I'm not a white paper guy. Like we're not going to put a pile of white papers in the in the board. We're going to actually point you to places that are telling you what's happening today. Al Jazeera streams live 24 seven on YouTube. It's free, sure. and it's as good as any other news source, unless you really want to know what's going on in Qatar, which that uh, I can't help you there. Yeah. Uh, but. <laughs> Uh, you know, let's list those out, right? Rather than like really dry academic papers with, you know, float with charts and graphs. Um, I will say this too, like you, you, you don't actually need to know an enormous amount. There's this climate scientist, Michael Mann, who is Mm -hmm. a right down the middle. He's been, he's been in it from the beginning. Like he's decades and decades and he is a well-known figure. He'll show up on national TV and it's just like, he's like, yeah, it's bad. It's not total tipping point catastrophe bad, like some people are saying. But you know what? 
if we um, stop putting carbon in the atmosphere, we could stop this from getting worse. And I watched him give a talk. It was like on the Today Show. Mm-hmm. And he said variations on that probably nine times. He's just saying the same minutes. thing over and over because again. Because there is nothing else to say. And he says it with a smile. And he is a, he's a tough actor. Like he's, He goes yep. to war with people on Twitter. But when he's on that TV show, he is just like, okay, well, I think he's just trying you. to get to the best possible act outcome, right? That's he's, like during COVID when... The scientists are like, you know, if you wear a mask, it'll just be less likely. And then they get screamed at and they just keep smiling through it. You just, um, you just, you beat the drum. So I think like what yeah. feels really tough with this stuff is you're like, I have to learn so much. Not really. It's hot. And we <laughs> have to put, we have to stop putting carbon in the atmosphere. You can learn all about different greenhouse gases. I tried. You can get a chemistry degree in your spare time, or you can say <laughs> it's really hot and we have to stop doing those things. And that's going to be really uncomfortable and difficult. And we're not going to be able to get it all done right away. So there's going to be really bad human factors. And you got to vote and, and make your life sort of aligned with what you believe about what should happen to people. So let's, yeah. yeah, let's use our own tool to create some resources and guides. We'll put some Al Jazeera stuff in. Um, that's a good idea. Some, some Bloomberg stuff. There's a Bl- Bloomberg Green is a good publication. Yep. And I think like, that's the sponsorship I'm looking for, right? Like mm-hmm. that's that's how mm-hmm. we want to be doing this. Yeah. Um, so check out abort.com. We'll put a link on. We'll put a, a link on the abort Twitter. We'll connect it to the. We'll mention it on the next podcast. We'll figure out how to do this right. Um, Rich, what else should the people know? Um, the, they are listening to. Thank you, people, for listening to the Ziadi and Ford podcast. Uh, we're at ziadiford.com and at ziadiford on Twitter slash X. Um, and uh, check us out give us if people still do the stars thing give us five stars and check out a board at aboard.com yes it's our startup but it's it's a it's a tool to kind of help you make order out of chaos uh, for just about anything um, I know that sounds crazy but check it out uh, that's that's all I got Paul this is a heady one my friend look I, I think what it's we big picture is important and it's good that we're talking about it but the reality is, and what I think we'll we'll probably end up just naturally spending more time talking about is how do you stay healthy, resilient, and reactive while you learn about this new world? Mm-hmm. And uh, that's good. I need. I'm going to go ride my bike a little bit, even though it's yeah. hot. Nice. Everyone, have a lovely week. Take care of yourselves. Bye.